We've all heard the expression, swim 2.4 miles, bike 112 miles, run 26.2 miles, and brag the rest of your life. What you don't hear is that your friends, your family, and especially your coworkers grow tired of hearing about your early morning swim, how you skipped lunch to get a spin class in, how you crushed your brick workout, or how you've become a math whiz at calculating your macros. My name is Mike Bosch. I have a wife, two sons, and a full-time job. Five years ago, I began my triathlon journey with modest intentions. I wanted to lose some weight and be able to claim that my best athletic days weren't behind me. After completing my first sprint triathlon, I was bit by the Ironman bug. Three years later and 50 pounds lighter, I completed Ironman Texas, and I couldn't have done it without an incredible support system. Everyone needs a support system, and that's what I'm offering you. I will talk to men and women just like you and me, the age group athlete that is juggling family, friends, work, and all that life has to offer on their journey to accomplishing an incredible goal. This podcast will offer recommendations on training, nutrition, some tips and tricks, and even strategies for race day. Whether you're training for your first race, looking to set a personal best, or have completed a full distance race on every continent, we all want to cross the finish line and hear those words, you are an Ironman. Wherever you are on your journey, this podcast is for you. So if you're ready... Let's start this week's episode of the Everyday Ironman podcast. Hey guys, it's Mike Bosch. I know you're probably wondering why I feel it's necessary to introduce myself at the start of every podcast. It's just a nervous habit that I have, which I know is weird because after all, we're friends now. You know who I am. You're following my journey. We're interacting on Instagram. I'm there to support you. And you're there with encouraging words for me. Speaking of encouragement, I am so happy with the response that I've gotten to this podcast so far. I've had several of you reach out to me and let me know how much you're enjoying listening to everyone's story. And let me tell you, I have some good interviews coming up. But I haven't released an update in a few weeks, so I thought I would let you know where I am in my training. I'm currently finishing up week 13 of my 16-week half Ironman training plan. I have a six-mile run today before work and a 1,600-yard swim that I'll complete at lunch. I was working on a different side of town this week than usual, so I haven't been to spin class or gotten into the pool. But I was creative and still got some good training done. Tomorrow, I have a 60-mile trainer ride followed by a 15-minute transition run. I'm really excited because this weekend I'm participating in the Beast of the Brazos, which is a swim-only event on the actual course that will be used for both the full-distance and half-distance Ironman race in Waco, Texas in three weeks' time. As you know, I have really been focusing on the swim portion of my game over the last several months, and while I have made good improvement, I do have some level of anxiety about the open water swim. As you can expect, there has been a lot of conversation on social media about the water temperature and if it will be quote-unquote wetsuit legal. 
As of this time, I'm not sure what the decision will be, so I will take both my tier Cat5 full-length wetsuit and my tier Torque swim skin with me just in case. I'm not looking to set a PR or to win my age group just to get myself acclimated with the entrance, practice swimming in a river, and navigating the exit. I have confessed before that I have a hard time following the line at the bottom of the pool, so you can only imagine how bad I am at sighting in open water. So I hope this experience will help me on race day. Hopefully, if I miss the exit point, I won't end up in the Gulf of Mexico. While I am in Waco, I plan to check out the famous Cameron Park Hill that I'm hearing so much about. Apparently, as part of the two-loop run course, there is a very steep hill that is said to require most athletes to stop and walk to the top. As part of my training on my long runs, there's a section of the road about three miles in that is pretty steep, and I would like to compare the two inclines. My hope is that the strip of road I've been running on is at least comparable to the hill in Cameron Park. While I'm talking about running, I should let you know that I have continued to run intervals on Tuesdays for the last four weeks, and I do feel as though it is helping me bring my pace down. Except for last Sunday's 10-mile run, which I could tell in the first mile wasn't going to be a fast pace, I've been running in the low 8s per mile. This week in particular, I ran 6 miles at an average pace of 7 minutes and 49 seconds per mile. And since my last update, I actually rode my bike outside on the road for the first time in 3 years. I participated in the Ader from Decatur, which was a charity ride in the North Texas town next to mine. Riding on the road was a little weird at first, especially in the aero position. In the beginning, I found myself riding upright and talking to the other riders more than I was pushing the pace. I was having a pretty good conversation with another rider when he decided that he needed to stop at the aid station. It was at that moment that I decided to push hard and see what I could do. I simply focused on catching the rider in front of me and then making a quick pass as to not get a drafting penalty. It was what I would describe as hilly, not Coeur d'Alene hilly, but North Texas hilly, and I got off to a slow start, but I still managed to finish the 52-mile course in 2 hours and 43 minutes with an average speed of 19.2 miles an hour and an average power rating of 168 watts. My goal for Waco is to complete the bike section in two and a half hours, so I'm close. I have some training left, and I'm feeling good at where I'm at. But the real value was getting my bike on the road, testing my DIY DI2 setup, verifying my Garmin Edge has the correct data fields, and making sure my bike fit was comfortable. Here's what I learned. While riding indoor is safe and convenient, it doesn't provide the ability to work on some of those more basic bike handling skills. So I'm working on a plan to get in another long Saturday ride outdoors over the next three weeks. I was able to easily take fluids with my right hand from my rear bottle cage, but I struggled with my left hand, so I will switch up the rest of my training to allow me to drink from the right bottle exclusively, only trading the position of the bottles when the right one is empty. I do love the fully synchronized shifting the DI2 provides, but need to make an adjustment to the programmed shift pattern, 
When climbing a steep grade, the downshift from the big to small front ring incorporates a rear cassette change that is not aggressive enough. While I won't need that gear for Waco, I was not prepared for the gear change and my right leg hit my aero bar when in the standing position because there wasn't enough pedal resistance. I said before one of the biggest advantages of the fully synchronized shifting was the ability to control screen changes on my Garmin Edge. I love that. I was able to easily toggle back and forth between the screen that shows my speed and power and having the visibility into what my gear of my rear cassette is in made it very easy to establish what gear I should be riding on a flat ground while climbing or while descending. I used to always struggle when making gear changes and then just adjusted it based on feel. While I did have a professional bike fit, I need to make a few small adjustments to my aero bars. I need to move them out just a little bit more. Because my hand position, I felt like I was a little too crowded over the front end. I had been given the advice to lower the air pressure on my tires to 95 pounds because of the road surface I will be riding on in Waco and the roads in Decatur have the same surface. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be based on what I had read, so I think I'll run that pressure on race day. I will continue to dial it in, but my nutrition plan worked well for me on this ride. The air temperature was a little lower than my garage, so I didn't feel the need to drink as much as I normally do and ended up with more fluid left than desired, so I will need to be focused on sticking to the plan so that I don't put myself into a tough spot on the run. I'm sure there are another one or two small lessons learned, but these are the ones that stick out the most. I hope that your training is going well, and I want to congratulate all the age group athletes that have been racing over the last few weeks. I have really enjoyed seeing your photos and reading your race reports. Next week, there will be another interview to enjoy. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege to speak to Ron Dawson. Besides completing Ironman Tulsa over the summer, Ron qualified for and has been training for the Boston Marathon. Be sure to hear Ron's story and his words of wisdom next Friday. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions, advice that you would like to share, or would like to be a guest on the show and share your story, you can email everydayironmanpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow on Instagram at everydayironmanpodcast. Until next time, keep moving forward.